following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. I'm so excited about church tonight. I was running in and out of my office like a rabbit looking for a hole to jump in or something. And I left my microphone in the office. So they're going to go get it. This is a part of the plan. They're going to go get it and bring it to me. And I'm going to put it on and put it up my shirt here. And we're going to use my my lavalier in just a minute. I hope Reed can find it. Reed has a problem locating things. (laughs) Except McDonald's. There he is. He found it. Come on, Reed. Give me two seconds here. I'm pretty pumped tonight. Give me two seconds. Thank you, son. Put it in my pocket. I didn't turn it on. Okay. Don't look. Power. Good to see everybody. What a joy to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. What a joy to be here. It's an awesome thing to see you precious folks and you are precious to me. What a Sunday we had. Brad, Brad spoke about it, but let me concur and let me uh, just follow up him. It was a record-breaking Sunday for us on a normal Sunday. It was a record-breaking Sunday for us on a normal Sunday. 65 first-time guests came to be with us on Sunday. We have baptized many more people on particular Sundays. We've baptized as many as 85 and 90 on a Sunday, but 36 took the plunge in water baptism on Sunday. 29 people went to our 1030 class called Start Here and joined the church on Sunday. Oh, you need to clap big for that. We've got some new people in the house. Amen. And it was a joyous day. It was a great day. And second service, so help me, I gave up that first row. I went and sat someplace else because I gave up my seat. I didn't want people to go to overflow when I was sitting up here like King Tut in my seat. (laughs) So we let them sit there. But I am so happy that God is blessing Christian life. Let me tell you something, folks. 21 days of prayer will shake a nation. It'll it'll change the world and it'll help the church receive a glorious move of God in its life. Amen. And so we are moving forward. We're not looking backwards. You look over here next door. The rocks are gone. The, the, the dirt's gone. Now we're going to bring some concrete, crushed concrete back in. We're going to start putting piers in, some beams and whatever. I don't know what you're doing. You just do all of that. You just do all of that. And then all of a sudden walls are going to come up and we're going to put a floor in there and going to put a nice new, new, uh, cafe in there, going to put some restrooms in there, going to put a welcome area in there, you're going to put some offices in there, and all of a sudden we're going to have a big old foyer that can probably hold three or four hundred people while you just visit and drink your Coca-Colas and have a wonderful time and then have a way to come on in the house of God. We're making more room for you. And then we're going to stretch this one out, we're going to turn it sideways, we're going to make this place seat 14 and a half, 1,500 people, and then when the city's not looking, we'll put an extra hundred seats in it. Amen. <laughs> God is with us. God's for us. Say amen to that. Stand to your feet all over the building. We welcome all of our guests tonight. 
We thank you for being here. If I start calling names, I'll leave somebody out and you'll leave offended. But I am happy to know that Tom Cook got to bring his sister who's from out of state here with us tonight. And we give her honor and also her daughter. God bless. We're proud of them. And if you're a first-time guest, we welcome you. Come on, clap your hands for our first-time guest tonight. That's good stuff. For the next three weeks, we're going to talk about just becoming the person. Just becoming the person. We believe, we truly believe here in this house that God has greater things for us than we could ever imagine. And we continue to talk about those things, especially the first of the year. We continue to talk about that because we want to push you to higher heights. We want to push you to a greater level of living in your life. And God can do that in your life. He really, really can. He can do that in your life. And so this is the first of the year. It's the last Wednesday of the year, the 30th day of the month. January is already behind us. Is anybody out of debt over Christmas yet? (laughs) We're not either. So I thought I'd say that. By the way, by the way, one other advertisement before I start preaching. One other advertisement. I'll finish that pint of Bluebell ice cream. <laughs> and I'm off of it again. I, I felt bad. I really I felt guilty because I got off of it for 21 days and I'm giving it up. I am. I'm giving it up. I'm giving up Bluebell. I'm going to quit talking about it because I'm giving it up <laughs> until March. <laughs> Everybody say becoming the person. Turn to somebody and say, I want to help the preacher tonight. God bless you, and you may be seated. You're awesome, awesome people. Okay. There we go. All right. All right. All right. It's like I just got here. I just got off the stage and I just walked in here and said, I want to preach tonight. <laughs> Heard about a woman that said, my dog keeps chasing everybody that comes by the house on a bike. She said, so finally I took his bicycle away. <laughs> I, got a, I got a pastor friend that's 80 years old in Missouri and he writes me this stuff. This is not my stuff. This is his stuff. And he says, use this in your service. So I said, I will. And when I do that, I can't lie to him. He sent me this one. A woman and her son were going to church one day, and the lady got sick. She said, son, go on to church without me. And when, she got, when he got home, she said, what did the preacher preach about today? And the son said, he preached on your quilt is on the way. <laughs> and the mother said, okay, all right. So she called her friend, and she said, my boy told me the preacher preached something real crazy today. What did he preach? She said, He preached wonderful. He preached the comforter will come. (laughs) Thank you, Brother Mahurin. I love you. Thank you. I love the story of Daniel and the Hebrew boys in Babylon. I love that story. I love it. What awes me is the age of the young man when the capture occurred. Do you know they were teenagers? They were teenage boys, taken out of Israel, taken down to Babylon. And what blesses me is the stance they took for God in a foreign land. Daniel never stopped his prayer, never stopped his prayer. 
And what inspires me is the mind that these young Jewish men had that stood up to the kings of the world that were placed before them. I want to tell you, folks, the people we read about in the Bible are tremendous, and that's why we want to listen and hear what they have to say. I love Daniel. I love Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah that were called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Babylon. But I love the fact that even though Daniel went to a den of lions, the lions didn't eat him. He slept on their mane and rested all night. And I love the fact that even though the Hebrew boys were cast into a fiery furnace, the king looked in that furnace and saw another man walking with them. And he said, it must be the son of God. So I want to I declare to you right now that we can become no matter if you're a young person that is in the building next door or an older person or a middle-aged person, we have the possibility of living great lives and have the possibility of thinking great thoughts in our life. Say amen to that. Amen. Jesus Messiah said, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to your mountain, move and nothing will be impossible to you. Nothing. May I confess something to this congregation before I really begin tonight? First of all, I think I've always been a person of faith. And secondly, I've always believed God could. And sometimes I did not know whether he would or not. And I doubted whether he would, but I knew he could. But thirdly, I have in times past allowed the lid of my raisins, family, church views, and friendships to hold me captive of God's best for me. I've been like the frog that you could put in a, in a mason jar and he'll jump and bump his head against the lid of that mason jar when you screw the lid on and you can leave him in there for a long time and then you can come and unscrew that lid and take it off and the frog will never jump out of the mason jar because he's been hit on the head too many times. And I want to talk about getting out of the jar tonight. I want to talk about living a life of possibility tonight. Becoming what God wants you to be in your life. And I believe that God has something greater for every one of us. Everybody say greater, greater. than every one of us. He can do greater things than we could ever imagine. Amen. So if Jesus says I can move mountains, then I want to start shoveling dirt tonight and moving some gravel. And I believe that God wants us all to think that there's there, there's possibilities that God can do. One thought that has been searing my brain and soul and has made me stay awake some nights is how much possibility does God have for us? How much? Here is how it works. When a person begins to believe it just might be possible somehow, some way, somewhere, someday. Then in that moment of possibility, three miracles occur. Here's the first one. Opportunity spotting. The brain cells activate. The second, the problem solving, brain cells come to life. And the third is the hardest, determination, energizing chemicals are released into the bloodstream. Everybody say opportunity spotting. Everybody say problem solving. Everybody say, everybody say determination. We've got to determine. So tonight, Brother Ted, if you would, bring out, bring out a ladder. Brother Ted's going to bring out a ladder here tonight, and we're going to do a little thing for you. I'm going to ask Brother Ted to do something special for me tonight. I got a little ladder here. I'm not going to do any tricks with it. 
I'm really not. I don't know any tricks, but I'm going to open this up. And Brother Ted, you're valuable, so I'm going to stay real tight here. Yes. Brother Ted, I want, to, I want you to do something. I want you to take your hand and put it on one of the rungs, the top rung of the ladder. And I want you to put your right foot on the lower step. It's kind of wobbly, isn't it? That's the way possibilities are. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to represent the Lord. I'm going to hold on to it. Now, I want you to put your foot on that first step and pull yourself up. How's it look up there? You feel like an NBA player? You've always dreamed of that. You're 60 now, but you're still dreaming of that, aren't you? Put your foot on the next level, Brother Ted. Come on up. How you feel now? You see farther? Do you feel level with the balcony yet? Go one more step, Brother Ted. One more. Getting a little uh, vertigo? Can I tell you, Brother Ted, that there's three more levels that you could stand to stand on top of this ladder. I'm not going to ask you to do it. But God has given us all the possibilities of stepping and going as high as we can in the kingdom of God. I love you, brother. Leave the ladder here. I'm going to use it. I'm going to let you get down yourself. I'm not going to hold you when you try to get down. I'm going to hold you when you're going up. Oh God, one man prayed it this way. Oh God, spare me from the hell of sin, the great opportunities I missed because I lacked the faith to believe and begin. Your God made conscious, folks, is like a dam holding back an ocean of the unimaginable and the undiscovered and undeveloped possibilities. All, you, all I ask you to do this year in 2019 is put one little tiny hole, just dig a little hole in that dam. And let the water flow through. And you understand that God's got a big reservoir on the other side. And he can give you the desire of your heart. There's an old saying that is so true. Insanity is a person that constantly does and thinks the same thing and expects a different result. So tonight, I want to take you on a little level. Change from where you are to where God would like for you to go in 2019. How many believe that by the end of this year, you could be at another level of living in your life? How many believe that? I'm going to talk to you tonight. John 1 and 1 said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I love that scripture. John 1, 14 said, and the Word was made flesh. Everybody say, the Word, the word. was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the Father, full of grace. And full of truth. What a joy to that for that verse to come into our lives. The word, folks, was the logos of God. Or a thought of God. What he thought, he created with the spoken word. And that logos, that thought, that word became flesh. So what God thought, he became. That's the point I want to continually drive home tonight to this wonderful crowd. What you think, you will flesh out. If you think you can, you can. And if you think you can't, then you can't. But I don't want a can't spirit in this house tonight. I want a can attitude in this house tonight. It's time for us to say, I can do all things through Christ. Come on, who strengthens me. There is a power working in your life. Come on, let me preach to you. That only God can put in your life. So how do I start to become that person I want to be? 
First, you've got to analyze the negative forces that have been holding you back. You've got to find the reason for your inertia. You must place the blame where it properly belongs before you can correct the situation. Let's play a little game tonight, okay? It's called pick out the villain. Let's find the villain tonight. See, if you've been taught or naturally inclined to place blame on any one class or any group of people who have a different creed or from a different ethnicity than you, then you're making a big mistake. You can't use that excuse. Because there's too many other persons in the same position who are succeeding in spite of people or prejudiced opposition in their life. You've got to try again. I want to compliment some people that have come from foreign countries to America. And I want to thank you because you saw the Lady Liberty in the harbor and you knew what she stood for. And you knew she said, bring me your tired, and your poor, your huddled masses yearn to be free. And she gave you a chance and an opportunity. We have a lot of people that have come from other countries and we're meeting them. And I'm so excited about it. One special couple joined the church on Sunday. They came all the way from Boston by way of their home country of India. Came all the way from Boston from a beautiful church up there and came down here and came to our 21 days of prayer and told me Sunday, said, Pastor, we may have started in India but we want to be a part of Christian Life Church. And I love the fact, I love the fact that people that have come from far, far away have found a place called Christian Life Church where they know they can grow in God and God can grow in them. We have beautiful people that have come from Africa. We have wonderful people that have come from Europe. We have people that have come from all walks of life that have walked in this church. And I know of one precious lady that came here and, and, and went to law school and passed the bar on her first, her first attempt. She passed the bar. And she's one of my favorite people. And she writes my wife. I don't do Facebook, so she don't write me. But she writes my wife these beautiful things. And we love her. And she's made a home out of Christian Life Church. Hear me. It doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter where you begin. It matters where you're going to end up. Everybody has got a chance to climb the ladder and see greater things and see further than they've ever seen in their life. Come on, clap your hands real big. Some people think it's our capitalistic system wrong again. The system allows you the freedom to choose and try to become anything your heart desires. This is still a land of the free and the home of the brave. We can do things in America. Some people say my parentage is inadequate. The blame is on the breeding. That's ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. You still have a brain with a trillion cells. And it, and it's, it, it is an instrument of such incalculable capabilities that one engineer has estimated it would take a building several acres in size to house the computers who would match the dullest human brain in America. Even though you could have the world's smartest man-made computer, it would still lack the self-input generating power that every human brain and being possesses. Say amen to that. Amen. Don't put it off on your parents. Well, my parents were. It don't matter what your parents were. You've you got a brand new start in the kingdom of God. And you can be great in the kingdom of God. Say amen to that. So it's the establishment. I put in my notes, fooey. It's not the establishment. No, that's not holding you back. That negative thought would never stand up in a court of reality. There's a lots of disadvantaged people who are making great strides today in our establishment. That turns this argument into an excuse. Remember, you will never successfully solve the problem until you correctly place the blame. And so you need to ask yourself. If others in worse conditions than I are making it, why not me? I want to talk to you tonight. The truly oppressed person is an impossibility thinker. The truly oppressed is an impossibility thinker. By the way, 
Some of you are looking at me tonight like, who dressed you, Pastor? <laughs> I know. When I was a young boy, my mother dressed me. Then for a little while, I dressed myself. And then we had daughters. And now my daughters are dressing me. So if you don't like the way I look, go take it up with them. <laughs> I'm done. Because if I don't wear what they say matches, then they say, Dad, you look kind of nerdy. So I want to look cool for my daughters tonight. So either go tell them and don't talk to me about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just marked. I got daughters that think that they are designers. So, All right. Everybody say the truly oppressed is an impossibility thinker. Impossibility thinking is a person who, when he sees something wrong with an idea or a plan, an organization, an institution, a tradition, or a person, born or unborn, votes to abandon, abolish, or abort it. That's an impossibility thinker. While a possibility thinker, liberated from perfectionism, knows that there is something wrong with every idea, every plan, every organization, every institution, tradition, and person. Yet he asks, what is good about it? Is there any positive value to this? If so, he then begins to divide and conquer, and he believes there must be a way to separate, insulate, and eliminate the negative aspect of the situation. He believes that if he persists in exhausting all possibilities, he'll discover or invent a way to isolate, activate, cultivate, and harvest. I'll put all those words in there. The positive values. I want to call this sanctified exploitation. Now, here's what I want to tell you. There's a... There's a little book that used to be the little, the little train who could. He said, the little train who could, he said, when he's climbing that hill, I think I can. 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 Then he gets to the top and he said, I thought I could. I thought I could. I thought I could. I thought I could. I, thought I, could. <laughs> I don't want anybody in this house starting February the first Sunday to say, I can't make it happen in my life, Pastor. There's too much against me. There's too much going negative in my life. I denounce that in Jesus' name tonight. I denounce that in Jesus' name tonight. I come against that thought. I perish that thought. I rebuke that thought. You can be delivered from alcoholism. You can be delivered from drug addiction. You can be delivered from devices of the world. You can walk clean. You can be right. You can have a beautiful home. You can have a great family. You can have wonderful children. You can, you can, you can. But you can't dress good like me unless my daughters dress you. Possibility thinkers never vote no to any idea that holds some possibility for good. Say amen to that. Yet before a possibility thinker votes yes to a problem-plagued possibility, he may move to amend or to modify or qualify or delay, but never will he cast an unqualified no vote to any suggestion that has within it the seed of some possible positive good in the kingdom. Just because it's impossible is no reason to vote no to a potentially great idea. See, the possibility thinker will cast an unreserved negative vote only when the issue violates his moral, religious, or ethical value system. I'm teaching to you right now. Never surrender your will to negative thoughts. Back in the Old Testament, I want to teach a little bit now. Back in the Old Testament, when they, when they took the tabernacle in the wilderness, they were in the wilderness, you know, for some 40 years. And every time they set it up, there was a place... There was a place 
oh, about as wide as maybe from here to the end of the platform there. And it was called the profane area, the profane area. And what was in that area was all the dead stuff, like, like the things that had died, the things that were not good, the things that would bring problems and plagues to the people. They even cleaned leprosy houses and they put the, the leprosy in this profane area. It was a place where all the things that were lost and gone were placed. And here's the, here's the whole situation, folks. There was never a fence erected around the profane area. Never a fence. Because God didn't want to fence your possibility. He wanted you to make your own choice. Of you going to walk through this negative dead area? Or are you going to walk around it and be positive and go to the other side without touching the profane area? There's some things, oh, I got to talk now, that God doesn't put a fence around. There's some things that I can't tell you. I can't say, you know, that's fenced off, so that means don't go in there. God's going to trust your thinking. And there's some things that we get ourselves into in the profane area of the tabernacle that's right by the house of God that we don't need to get into. We need to be devoid of that kind of thinking, devoid of that kind of walking, devoid of that kind of life. And we need to walk in the favor of God and say, I'm going to stay in the beautiful area, not the profane area of the house of God. That's why God hated Esau because he had a profane mind. You hear me? God loves people that want his presence and want the best for him. He wants people that will avoid the things that will take them down. Come on. Let's let this year be a year of growth. And a year of climbing. And a year of saying, I'm saying no to the world. And yes to God. Glory. I got to hurry up here. I'm, I'm getting slow here. Back in Vietnam, there was these things called tiger cages. The Vietnamese held American prisoners in these tiger cages. They were made of bamboo sticks. And these little jails averaged about five feet in length and four feet wide. And they were too small for tall Americans to stretch out, stretch out in. And they moved the prisoners at night. And one man, one man who was a Navy flyer, told of living in that way for six long years. Six long years. And one night, he told an American audience, he succeeded in working one of those bamboo sticks loose. One. And when he worked that one bamboo stick loose, there was a whole great enough for him to get out of. And he escaped that night. Listen to me. There's no power on earth that's greater than man's power to dream, visualize, and imagine. I want to declare to you, some things are holding you back. It's like one little bamboo stick, one little stick. If you can just move it, there's going to be a big opening in your life. Just move that little impediment, there's going to be a big opening in your life. You know Judge Roy Bean. Judge, Judge Roy Bean had jails that were inescapable that people couldn't break out of. And they were made of plaster Paris. There wasn't even no concrete in them. They were just made of plaster Paris. You could just walk up and push it over. It had, no, it had no strength in it. You could just push it over. But those guys that got in his jail thought that it was over. There's some people that get in hell's jail that think it's impossible to come out of. When I'm telling you, hell has no power over you. Well, I want to talk to you tonight. I want to talk to you tonight. I want to talk to you tonight. Hell has no power over you. It has no power over you. And God is with you to deliver you out of that. Let me speak tonight. I implore you. 
I implore you to allow the word to break the tiger cages of your mind and to believe that God can and he will. So let me, let me, let me just talk about four little things here that I'm going I'm to close tonight. Number one, you've got to eliminate the fear of failure. Everybody say, I know I, I, know I failed. Say it, I know I failed. But you've got to eliminate the fear of that. Nothing blocks dynamic creativity more than the fear of failure. Why? Because the fear of failure is really a, a fear of embarrassment. I remember when I first started preaching, I was afraid to pray for people that had bad situations because I was afraid it wouldn't happen. And people would blame me and call me not a preacher. And so I was afraid of that. But God gave me victory over that. And I preached about that, about the little girl that had the, the hydrocephalic condition. God gave me victory. We need for self-esteem. The need for self-esteem is one of the deepest of all human needs. And to expose our self-dignity to the hazard of public ridicule is a risk we instinctively avoid. So we play it safe and we avoid the possibility of disgrace by even trying. Remember that it is not failure, but low aim that is the crime. It's not failure. Not to win is not a sin. To try something great and fail can be one of the greatest things you've ever done in your life. In fact, I love people who dare to try. It would be a neat award every year to give the most glorious failure of the year award. (laughs) Who wants to win that? Because you're going to fail. You're going to fail. There's going to be times you're going to fail. You know, Thomas Edison, when he was asked about the light bulb, he said, they said, Thomas, didn't you try a lot? Didn't you fail a lot? He said, yeah, I learned a thousand ways it didn't work. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if you fall down, get back up, dust yourself off. I love Micah 7 and 8 says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. And though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a a light unto me. Let me tell you, you're going to fall down. Everybody's going to fall down. Everybody's going to fail. But you got to get up and dust your britches off and say, I'm going on. I'm going on because God is still for me. I'm going to fail, but God's still for me. Peter fell, but God was for him. Amen. Amen. People fell, but God was for him. Thomas fell, but God was for him. Don't ever doubt that God's against you when you fail. You've got to eliminate the fear of failure in your life. You've got to eliminate the fear of failure in your life. Number two, you've got to learn the tricks of problem solving. You've got to develop a sensible philosophy for solving problems. One man said it best. Solve your problems or they will dissolve you. (laughs) Never surrender. The leadership of your life to problems, real or imaginary. Every problem is an opportunity to be creative. Every problem. Problems stop negative thinkers. You know, when we first came to Austin, this was so fun, I want to tell about it. When we first came to Austin, Brenda McCain was really our only music, and she traveled all the time, and I think Brenda's in the house tonight. I love Brenda and Gordon very much. And she was our only musician, and so she had to travel during the week. She helped us on the weekend, but during the week, we started these Wednesday night services, and Brother Keith used to lead and take off, and it was so funny. It was, it was, this was funny, folks. This was funny. Brother Keith and my wife, and, and Keith's wife, used to sing trios, and some of them was a cappella. We had no music on Wednesday night. And there was many times after 10 minutes of that, I got enough of that. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way, Keith, Patty, Joyce, I didn't mean to tell you. But I'd get up and say, there's going to be music in this house one day. There's going to be music in this house one day. I was a possibility thinker saying there's going to be music in this house one day. The lady that played the piano tonight has written over 400 songs that people have recorded, major artists have recorded them. We've got music all over this place. David Herrera walked in this church and said, I think I can play a little piano for you. 
and he plays the piano. Randy is a, a skilled musician. We got singers. We got infused programs. We're getting more singers, more talent than you ever could imagine. But we started with nothing. I'm here to tell you, we fell down a lot of Wednesday nights, but we got back up the next Wednesday night. We got back up. Oh, I want to preach tonight. We got back up. We got back up. And we sang again. We got back up. And the trio did it again. And I got tired of it and I preached. <laughs> Problems stop negative thinkers. Problems start possibility thinkers. They par- it paralyzes impossible thinkers. It mobilizes positive thinkers. Remember, if you are clever enough to imagine a problem, you're clever enough to discover a solution. And listen to me. There's a tyranny of unpleasant memories that helps us and hurts us. Old hurts, disappointments, let me talk, setbacks, rejections, us. it hurts us. You don't have to surrender your future to those negative forces. Don't let a ghost of your past get in the driver's seat of your life. Let dreams, not regrets, drive your life. Today is the first day, the old Indian said, of the rest of your life. Allow yourself to have happy memories. Do not fear that moving ahead will bring bad experiences, but rather fear that if you don't try again, you'll miss your great chance to start having a real happy life. And number four, build a powerful self-confidence. I didn't say cockiness. I said confidence. Don't be cocky. I hate cocky. But be confident. Be confident in this one thing, that he who has begun a good work in you is able to complete that that he has started. Say amen to that. God, hey, God started something in me. Say, Pastor, I may not be where you are. And I may not be where those prayer warriors are. And I may not be where those faithful people that's been here for a long time are. Come on, go ahead and say it. But I've started something in my life. And God's began something in my life. And I'm going to see it to fruition in my life. I'm going to get up this thing. I'm going to see higher than I've ever seen. I'm going to see further than I've ever seen. Because God has got something for me. Not just for the church, but for me. And he's going to help me do that. And so we're going to build some powerful confidence. I can't do it. It won't work for me. Yes, you can. Let me give you some God-filled affirmations and I'm going to close. If God be for you, who can be against you? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And all things are possible to me if I will believe. And here's a helper, Philippians 1 and 6. Be confident in this one thing that God who has begun a good work in you will complete it in your life. And Philippians 2 and 13, for it is God working in you, giving you the will and the power to achieve his purposes. Heard about a tourist who was walking down the pier of a, of a lake and he saw this man fishing. This man would catch a big fish and throw it back in the water. And he'd catch a smaller fish and he'd look at it and put it in the pan. I, I put it in the, in, the, in the box. And then he'd catch another big one and he'd throw it back. And he'd catch a small one and he'd put it in the bucket. And the, and the man walked up and he said, what, sir, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm confused. He said, you're throwing all the big fish away and you're putting the little ones in the bucket. He said, yeah, the largest frying pan I got is just 10 inches across. <laughs> and I can't, I can't cook those big ones. You ever heard of cutting them in half and frying? <laughs> Let me close. Let me close. I want to be this way tonight. I didn't want to preach like I know. I want to be this way. I want to give, I want to just tell you, you're a possibility. You are a possible. You really are. You're a possible. You are a possibility in God's kingdom. And there's no sense in you walking through half the year, three quarters of the year saying, I just can't get there. Yes, you can. You can get there in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, and you can be what God wants you to be this year. Amen. Come on. You can do that. 
You can do that. You can make it happen in your life. You can make it happen in your life, in your family's life, and you can turn your life around. I, 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 I did this several years ago, this, this illustration. I did it several years ago, but there's a, there's a Japanese doctor named Masuru Emoto. Hold off on what until I, I ask for him, sir. He's a Japanese scientist, and he studies water crystals. And he made some astute observations. When the water is frozen in a petri, on a Petri dish, he drops a, a drop of water, and he puts it in sub-freezing sub weather, uh, uh, temperature, and then he freezes it in about three or four minutes to a hard freeze, and he pulls it back. And as it warms back up, he, it makes designs like hexagons and beautiful crystals. However, Dr. Emoto in experiments played music and showed pictures and spoke words over the water. And the results were unbelievable. Would you please put up the first picture? I want to show you something here. This is water. Both of those are water crystals. And both of them came off the same Petri dish. And one went over to one side of the room and heard heavy metal music. <laughs> Listen to me. And this other heard idolwise a comforting song. That made a beautiful picture, a beautiful crystal. And this had made something that looked ugly and horrible. Put the next picture up, please. Songs. The one on the left heard Heartbreak Hotel. The one on the right heard Amazing Grace. Picture paints a thousand words, doesn't it? Put the next picture up, please. This is before prayer. This is after prayer. <laughs> My God. Oh, go ahead and clap. That's all right. That's, that's, just, that's, that's, that's not me. That's Dr. Emoto. Before prayer, after prayer. Here's the last one. Bad words. You fool. You dumb thing. You can't do anything. Look how bad it looks. But love and gratitude looks like a crown that would go on somebody's head. Now here's what I want to tell you. We are 70% water. Let me finish. Let me finish. We're 70% water. And words that are ugly make you look like that. And words that are beautiful make you look like that. You listen to this pastor. I'm not bragging on my ministry, but I'm telling you something. You'll never hear words like that in this church. You'll hear words like that in this church. And you'll never hear things that will make you go out of here saying, my God, I'm troubled in my spirit. But you will hear things that will make you be a beautiful crystal and be a beautiful water drop in the kingdom of God. Listen to me. God wants to shape us. God wants to mold us. God wants to make us something great. And every time I'm going to preach the gospel to you, I'm going to give it to you with the most positive manner I can give it to you. Because I want you to be the best you can be in the kingdom of God. I want you to walk in white someday on the other side. I want you to be there and not there. I want you to go with him and not with him. I want you to be saved. And it's not his will that any should perish. And God wants everyone saved. And God wants everyone to go to the kingdom of heaven. And so why don't you get your will aligned with God's will and say, I can do all things through Christ. And I can make this happen. Preach the gospel to me, pastor. Lean on me. Love me. Let me hear amazing grace. Let me hear the fact that God is for me and not against me. Let's all stand to our feet, clap our hand real big and say, thank you, Lord. Come on, thank you, Lord. Clap your hands real big. Hallelujah. He's an awesome God. 
He's an awesome God. I want to become the person that God wants me to be. Wants me to be. Keep standing. Randy, play some beautiful music so our hearts will be beautiful. Amen. I love you, Randy. Now listen to me. The person that walks in the door of this church is a person that wants the best that God has for them. You're not here because you want to throw stones at what we're doing. You're here because you want the best that God has for you. You want the best. You want the very best. I told you Sunday I was raised in a very judgmental church, a very legalistic church. And I never felt I was worthy. I never felt I was worthy. Never, never, never. But I want to tell you, the Lord's made us all worthy. It's not our worthiness, it's His worthiness. It's not our righteousness, it's His. And I don't want you to duck your head and walk out of here saying, I can't. I want you to walk out of here and say, I will. I will become what God wants me to become. Would you throw your hands up all over the house? And let's pray this prayer. Lord, let me be what you want me to be, what you desire me to be. I want to eliminate all the, all the obstacles. Eliminate all the things that are holding me back from becoming that person that you want me to be in my life. And so I rebuke everything. I cast it down. I walk away from it. I will climb the ladder. I will be successful. I will make it happen because I will be a possible thinker. Nothing is impossible with you. And I'm your child. And you love me. And you love me. And you love me. I can make it happen. In Jesus' name. Come on, sign it. In Jesus' name. Come on, sign it. In Jesus' name. Come on, sign it. In Jesus' name. Now keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed just for a moment. Just for a moment. We're going to have a fabulous Sunday. It's not just going to be fun and games. We're not going to do that. We're going to have serious church here Sunday. We're just going to come and because it's a national holiday, we're going to kind of dress up, but we're going to have church here Sunday. But I want to say something to you. The man that's coming is going to bring a lot of stories. A lot of stories of people, of people who have come from the depths of sin and made huge successes in their life. And he's going to tell you stories. And you're going to sit here Sunday and say, wow, that person started on this side of me and he's moved past me to here. He's climbed that ladder. How can he come out of the degrading situation he was in and walk the way he's walking right now? I'll tell you how. He believed he could. He believed that God would. The leper said, if you will, you can make me whole. Jesus said, I will be thou made whole. I'm telling you, you need to have a conversation with Jesus before Sunday and say, Lord, say it with me. Lord, if you will, you can make me the person that you want me to be. And he said, I will. God said, I will. Take somebody by the hand next to you. Let me bless you in the name of the Lord. This is Bible study night. You got to get home and get your kids to bed. And I love you. Thank you for being here. Dear Father, 
In the name of the Lord, I bless this congregation. May your face be upon them. May your grace walk with them. May they understand that there is nothing that cannot be done in their lives because they have come in contact with the Savior. Jesus, you're the miracle maker and you're the miracle worker. And there's nobody like you. There's nobody like you, Lord. You, you're King of kings, you're Lord of lords, and all power is given to you in heaven and earth, said in Matthew 28, 18. All power. You can do this for us, God. You can turn our hearts and our attentions to you, and we can be the most successful people in the kingdom in 2019 because we're going to walk, we're going to believe, and we're going to trust. Next Wednesday night, we're going to a different level with this. We're going to talk again about it. But I want you to understand, Lord... Let me speak good words to my heart. Let me speak good words. Let me talk good about you. Let me talk good because I'm 70% water and I don't want any ugly thing in my life. I want to be beautiful in your sight. Let me talk good things. Let me believe great things and let me love a God that can do anything in my life. In Jesus' name. Now let's raise our voices to a shout right now and let's praise him. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's praise him. Come on, praise him. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, praise him. You need to open up your heart and praise him. Praise him for what he's doing. Praise him for what he's done. Thank him for where he's taking you in your life. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Now turn to somebody and say, we're going places. In 2019, God is with us and he's for us. I love you. See you Sunday morning. I'll be on the porch bright and early. Let's fill the house. You're awesome people. None like you in all of Israel. God bless you. Have a great, great, great night. I love you very much. I love you very much.